Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Kalista Sutton joining us here live on the show. We are excited to have her here and there's so much she can help us as a doula. Yeah, she's a death doula and a death coach and end of life doula and she can really help guide you and your family to understand the dying process and really take action because it can offer so much to you. I've been through this losing my mom. I'm sure you've all lost someone special in your life and sometimes it helps to speak to someone who's really, um, my goodness, articulate and knowledgeable in this field. So your guideindeath.com is the website. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Please introduce yourself to our listeners to start. Hi, um, I'm Kalista Sutton, and as it was already said, I'm a death doula. And some people might say, well, what is a death doula, and why do I need one? Would you mind explaining the process? So... Um, Hospice is so amazing, So, especially if your family member is already in hospice. They can do so much. However, because they have so many clients, they can't be there as much as you might need them to. So I'm just kind of there to help fill in the gaps and really discuss with you about grief and the dying process and how your life will look afterwards and just kind of guide you through all of that. Also, I want to talk more about, uh, you know, before we get to all the services you offer, the comfort you can provide, I would want to find out more about you. I know you've always felt calm, you saying, curious about death. Could you talk a little bit about your childhood, your high school years, and what brought you into this field of helping those, uh, you know, during this time of life? Um, I, I mean, I had a very normal upbringing and everything, but um I just always kind of felt called to help people in some way. And I, back when I was high school, I really wanted to be a member of the No One Dies Alone program, but I, I lived in a really rural area, and I couldn't get to <clears throat> the hospitals or hospice programs that were available. But I've always just kind of been interested in that. And later in life, I thought I wanted to be a chaplain, and then... Um, the death duo was brought up to me, and I was like, oh, that's just so perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. And just that was my way of helping people is through the dying process and helping people just go through it because no one knows what it's going to be like. But um, with the information we do have, we can just guide you through it. Let me also point out, um, you know, if you don't mind sharing, um, you know, this, you know, I lost my mother six years ago. I was with her during her fight with cancer in the end, and it was the most beautiful thing. And I said to myself, I said, I wish I could do this for a living, help people in the end, because it's so meaningful. And you mentioned, you know, every, you know, person is unique, brings things to the process, but also with, you work with the person who's dying as well as the families. Could you explain some of the offerings that you do uh, help with? Uh, yeah. So, um, like a previous client, um, I actually mostly was with the family member, the wife of the man that was dying. And the one I would help her um, first with the kind of more boring aspect, if you will, of does he have an advanced directive? Does he have a pulse? Do you know all of his passwords? Do all of the financial things and his emails and whatnot? So we got through that part, which is important, very, so very important. But then we started working on how is she going to cope with um, 
not having her husband around who was there for her for 60 years. How is, um, how is she going to interact with her children after that? How is she going to interact with her grandchildren? And how is she going to navigate the rest of her life without her loving husband? So um, we just went through all those coaching aspects of what we can do for her and what support she already has. And then something like, I, I'm good at cleaning. Um, other doulas might be really good at cooking or making legacy projects. So something you don't think about when you're, um, cons- she, her, her husband was at a hospice facility, so she had to travel um, outside of her home to visit him, and she wanted to be there most of the day. But something that you want not think about is, like, having food ready when you get home or having a clean house if visitors come over to agree with you. So I would personally offer just cleaning services for her house. So it's not something she had to worry about when she had so much on her plate. And then other doulas will, like, cook or offer meal trains and just all sorts of support that you don't even think about when you're grieving, uh, grieving a family member that's going to die. Well, thank you for for sharing this. And it really is something that not everybody thinks about. And sometimes maybe, you know, it gets to that point where it's a little too late. But I love the awareness that you offer ahead of time, because all these things, you know, can be so helpful to help someone and also the family. You also specialize, I was reading in the after process of the grieving process, which again, um, you know, your guide in death.com is the website we're talking here to our death doula and also the work that she can do. Uh, By the way, in person and also um, virtually, correct? Where, where are you based out of? I'm in uh, Billings, Montana. Uh, you do most of your work virtual, though, as well? Um, I would say most of it is in person, and it's more preferable, but um, I can certainly offer online services or virtual experiences for people. Got it. Could you share some of the work that you're doing and how it really does help um, I just think the greatest gift I can offer is just navigating the experience, especially the kind of more business side of things. But also just, I don't think, um, they don't offer, they do offer grief counseling after a family member dies at, um, hospices generally. But again, usually it's a lot of people, a lot of grievers at once. So I just offer more of an individual experience. Now, you know, you mentioned uh, there's so many different aspects when it comes to um, the dying process and to help find spirituality. Could you share some of the clients that you've worked with, their families and their stories of the things that you can really help with? Um, because, you know, on the website, uh, it's it's nice to read. Um, you know, you wrote, picture a wave in the ocean. You can see it, measure it, its height, the way the sunlight refracts when it passes through and it's there and you can see it. You know what it is. It's a wave. And then it crashes in the shore and it's gone but the water is still there the wave was just a different way for the water to be for a little while you know it's one of uh, one conception of death for Buddhists the wave returns to the ocean where it came from and where it's supposed to be that's from the good place I love that that description there I, I wish I'd come up with it myself but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but and, 
Could you talk? That's exactly it. All right. Well, you know, in particular, you also do uh, pet death doula services. What else did you want to share with us? Um, also, I'm pursuing some grief count, uh, coaching um, classes as well. I think it's something I'm already pretty good at, but I uh, want to get the certification as well. Um, I'm also CNA in an ICU, so I can also... <laughs> Really, I really see some dark things in a hospital and care for people physically in the hospital. And I also think that's a very valuable thing, especially if they are dying at home instead of a hospice facility. And so, yeah, could you share that? Because some people do, in the end, go to hospice. And could you share the difference what a death tool is compared to what someone does in hospice? And also, you know, what are the costs associated with a death doula? How does it work when you hire someone? Um, so, in some states, actually, death doulas are covered by Medicare Medicaid. They're really pushing for that, but uh, not all states are going to offer that. Um, each death doula is going to charge their own fees and different fees for different services or offer packages. Um, mine is more on a case-by-case basis and what the needs are, um, and I definitely offer a sliding scale option. I don't want anyone to die alone like that or without support if you cannot afford it. So I will also volunteer my services. It just all depends on the situation and uh, what what is needed. Got it. Now, could you share some of the stories, uh, how it works, then you are working with someone in the end and the, the benefit of having someone by their side? Um, because I know what uh, various deaths looks like, um, I mean, everyone kind of follows the same script, but not always. Um, because I have the CNA experience in the hospital, I know what a hospital death looks like. And because of my death doula experience, I know what it's like um, if you're dying in the home. And it, 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 again, it is similar, but I can also just really, um, when they're gasping for air at the end, it's so troubling to see and it hurts the family to watch that um and so i try to guide them through that this is not actually painful and actually a lot of the times those who are dying will see their loved ones that have already passed around them and they're trying to reach them and it's very hard to reach them um most people don't know that dying is like labor when you're born you're going through labor and then when you die you labor to go to the whatever you believe in the next the next step and there's uh sometimes a really hard process you get sweaty you um gasp for air you can get really hot and uncomfortable and it's actually just um kind of metaphorically your soul trying to leave and fight its way to another spot and a different experience and there's going to be um a lot of them hallucinate that their past loved ones are there for them and just going to guide them to that other side. So it is kind of a labor, but it's actually very normal and you can support them and, you know, just wet their mouths or put a cool wash rig on them and just let them fight their journey, but make sure you're there for them. Well, let me do this. we got to take a quick commercial break. Would you mind sharing the best form of contact for you? 
Uh, my best is through my website, um, yourgardendeath.com. You know, there's a lot of robocalls out there, so I don't generally answer my phone if it's an unknown number. So that would probably be the best way, and I have my email contact info on the website. All right, perfect. Let's do it. We'll take that break, and we'll be right back with more. Don't go anywhere. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcast on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hey, welcome to Everything Outdoors. Can I help you find anything? Hey, yeah. Can you point us to the camping gear? Sure, aisle two. Snowboarding? Just bought a new Nissan Pathfinder. It's got intelligent 4x4, and we want to hit the backcountry. Aisle 18. And the boats? Are you sure you can do all this? Up to 6,000 pounds towing. We're good to go. Oh, where's the scuba gear? Return to rugged in the all-new 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. Available Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Towing capability varies by configuration. See Nissan Owner's Manual for proper use. Welcome to Philo, where you can get more than 60 channels for $25 in DVR for days. We've got hip-hop for lovers, renovations for brothers, pups for preschoolers, and hugs for hallmarkies. Start your free trial and find out more at philo.tv. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We are joined by our friend here today talking about the work she does as a death doula and why it could be so beneficial to uh, you and your loved ones, especially, you know, in the end, it's not an easy thing uh, to go through the process and grieving process as well. And uh, by the way, she's based out of uh, Montana. It's yourguideindeath.com. And uh, we're talking today about the end of the journey. And you mentioned, uh, you said your parents have really guided you and supported you as a mentor do you want to talk a little bit about that and you know how people you know how you got involved in this field um yeah I mean my parents are just so awesome they never tried to make me do one thing or another they just kind of let me find my own path and once I found it they supported me and that's why I found out that I didn't actually want to do that then they, they encouraged me to do something else and then let me go on that path and um when I became a CNA, uh, I actually became a CNA because I became a death doula. So I just really thought I was like, 
I really wanted to support people more and kind of learn more um, in person than a class could offer me about dying and um, what dying looks like in the hospital. Or it, it sometimes it is a long-term diagnosis, and they end up in the hospital. And sometimes, obviously, it is a traumatic, quick, un- unprepared. Um, thing. So I kind of offered my death to a perspective in the ICU and um, to help those people that are there with their dying loved ones as they're put on comfort care and help them guide them through that because, yeah, and then in my training, we didn't really talk about hospital death very much, and I'm really glad I, I um, chose to be um, and CNA in the hospital so I could really learn what different types of deaths can look like. So um, my ICU experience really informs my death dual practice and then vice versa, my death dual practice really um, influences my CNA work in the hospital. Could you share your own thoughts, if you don't mind, I was reading on the website, your personal thoughts on death and what happens to us, you know, when we do leave our body? Yeah, I mean... Um, obviously I'm no expert and I really respect all religions and uh, ways of belief. Um, just my personal thought is that um, when we're about to die, uh, our family and friends that have passed on before us are there to guide us through the next step. And of course, I don't know where we go after that, but that's my favorite part about learning about death is that we're going to see the people that love us most and they're just going to guide us. And, you know, you do leave behind your loved ones, and but I think there's a different sort of love on the other side. It doesn't look quite the same as your earthly love, but there's still going to be love and you're going to be surrounded by it. And that's just such a beautiful thought that just they're going to be there in love no matter what. And could you share specifically some of the clients that you've worked with, that you've lost, and their families that, you know, have gained the insight and experience from you? Tell us, you know, you know exactly, you know, how some of these, you know, deaths have turned out and what the, you know, the positive that comes out of it in the end. Um, you know, sometimes people don't take time for themselves when their family member is dying. And I understand that compulsion to devote all your time and your last moments. But sometimes the the dying need their own space to figure out what it's going to look like for themselves. Um, they kind of gain a different vision at the end of their life. And sometimes they need that peace and separation from the earthly world to really come to terms with that. So I encourage um, clients that are always at the bedside to take both time for themselves to rest and reflect and think upon things not next to their loved ones. And I um, tell them that their loved one needs their own time to think and reflect. And I'm not saying that they need to be separated all times or anything like that, but the both need rest. And I think that's so important because, um, as I'm sure you know, when you lost your mother, you were probably so tired all of the time and that's what that self-care aspect is and figuring out what is self-care for you 
so that you can get rest. And then when it's time for your end of life, then I hope that you've learned some lessons about what I have taught you and then apply them to your own end of life. Beautifully said. Well, we still have uh, six minutes left here on the show. What other aspect of your work or about yourself do you want your audience to know? Um, I mean, I also like to talk about um, different ways of doing funerals. I mean, a lot of people do funerals the same way um, now, uh, either cremation or burials and stuff. But there's actually more options than uh, most people know about. So there's things like green burial where you can um, shroud the body in an um, organic shroud and no chemicals are used. And you can put your body back to the earth and it won't harm the earth. There's also water cremation, which is better for the environment than uh, regular fire cremation. Also, there's such thing as home funerals. So... Um, if the person dies in the home, you don't have to immediately take the deceased out of the out of the house. You can have a home funeral, and if um, the dying really wanted to be surrounded by friends and family at the end of life, and it could be a celebration, and everyone could be around them, even as they're um, dead, everyone can be around them and just kind of have a family moment together. So a lot of people don't even know that's an option, and I really encourage people to do that. Um, also, um, vigils um, at the last moment. Um, everyone kind of thinks they want to die differently, and some have an idea of what that might be, so some want to be surrounded by friends and family. Others will actually wait until a distant family member arrives from New York or whatever, before they die. And then some want to be in peace and will die as soon as the wife goes to sleep or something like that. So it's all very unique to that person and their personality. And I just want to, like, show people that it's different in every way, but it really is about that person. Beautifully said. Well, thank you. And to leave us some solace and peace and knowing that you're not alone and it's a beautiful process. I mean, I remember when my mom was dying, like she had that death rattle. You talked about noises people make, right? But what I was told, but they're not in pain at that point. They're so far out of their body, you know, and how do you comfort someone when they hear that sound? They're not understanding it. It's, it's scary, right? It could be so scary for people that have not experienced death before. It was for my children. Absolutely. And, you know, I just try to coach people through and say they are not in pain. This is part of the labor of dying and they're going to be surrounded by love. And that's, I just hope that's very reassuring. But I just try to coach them through that entire process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and joining us. Uh, how can we reach you? Um, the best way is through my website, yourguidandeath.com, where I have a contact page, and that is the best way to reach me. Perfect. And would you mind sharing it one more time? It is yourguidandeath.com. Perfect. Thank you again for being here. Um, are you on social media at all? Do you have a phone number you want to share? Um, I am on Facebook with yourguidandeath.com as well, and then my phone number is on my page. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for um, your thoughts. And the guys, reach out, a death doula, please, if you need any help. And again, she's uh, basically working in uh, Montana, right? Uh, what counties or areas specifically? Uh, Yellowstone County. Okay. Thank you so much. And again, if you have some other questions, and she may be available virtually as well. So if you are listening from elsewhere, uh, please feel free to reach out. Thank you again. To all of our listeners, stay tuned. More of the show is on the way. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. And what do people normally wear? Clothes. Exactly. So now Mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Clothes keep us warm, they look good, and if we go out without them, the neighbors will talk. So it's important to know how to get dressed. Here's how it's done. Underwear always comes first, name tag of the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. If you're wearing a tie, it goes over, round, round, through, and pull tight. Tuck your shirt into your pants and zip up your flat. Socks go in first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. I love bunnies. Good to know. Now remember, spots don't go with stripes, socks don't go with sandals, and if you've tucked in your shirt, wear a belt. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.